Chapter thirty five of Astoria or Anecdotes of an Enterprise Beyond the Rocky Mountains by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. An unexpected meeting. Navigation in a skin canoe. Strange fears of suffering men. Hardships of Mr. Crooks and his comrades. Tidings of McClellan. A retrograde march. A willow raft. Extreme suffering of some of the party illness of mr crooks impatience of some of the men necessity of leaving the laggards behind the wanderers had now accomplished four hundred and seventy-two miles of their dreary journey since leaving the cauldron lynn how much further they had yet to travel and what hardships to encounter no one knew on the morning of the sixth of december they left their dismal encampment but had scarcely begun their march when to their surprise they beheld a party of white men coming up along the opposite bank of the river as they drew nearer they were recognized for mr crooks and his companions when they came opposite and could make themselves heard across the murmuring of the river their first cry was for food in fact they were almost starved mr hunt immediately returned to the camp and had a kind of canoe made out of the skin of the horse killed on the preceding night this was done after the indian fashion by drawing up the edges of the skin with thongs and keeping them distended by sticks or thwart pieces in this frail bark sarpedi one of the canadians carried over a portion of the flesh of the horse to the famishing party on the opposite side of the river and brought back with him mr crooks and the canadian leclerc the forlorn and wasted looks and starving condition of these two men struck dismay to the hearts of mr hunt's followers they had been accustomed to each other's appearance and to the gradual operation of hunger and hardship upon their frames but the change in the looks of these men since last they parted was a type of the famine and desolation of the land and they now began to indulge the horrible presentiment that they would all starve together or be reduced to the direful alternative of casting lots when mr crooks had appeased his hunger he gave mr hunt some account of his wayfaring on the side of the river along which he had kept he had met with but few indians and these were too miserably poor to yield much assistance for the first eighteen days after leaving the cauldron lynn he and his men had been confined to half a meal in twenty-four hours for three days following they had subsisted on a single beaver a few wild cherries and the soles of old moccasins and for the last six days their only animal food had been the carcass of a dog they had been three days journey further down the river than mr hunt always keeping as near to its banks as possible and frequently climbing over sharp and rocky ridges that projected into the stream at length they had arrived to where the mountains increased in height and came closer to the river with perpendicular precipices which rendered it impossible to keep along the stream the river here rushed with incredible velocity through a defile not more than thirty yards wide where cascades and rapids succeeded each other almost without intermission even had the opposite banks therefore been such as to permit a continuance of their journey it would have been madness to attempt to pass the tumultuous current either on rafts or otherwise 
still bent however on pushing forward they attempted to climb the opposing mountains and struggled on through the snow for half a day until coming to where they could command a prospect they found that they were not halfway to the summit and that mountain upon mountain lay piled beyond them in wintry desolation famished and emaciated as they were to continue forward would be to perish their only chance seemed to be to regain the river and retrace their steps up its banks it was in this forlorn and retrograde march that they had met mr hunt and his party mr crooks also gave information of some others of their fellow adventurers he had spoken several days previously with mr reed and mr mackenzie who with their men were on the opposite side of the river where it was impossible to get over to them they informed him that mr mcclellan had struck across from the little river above the mountains in the hope of falling in with some of the tribe of flatheads who inhabit the western skirts of the rocky range as the companions of reed and mackenzie were picked men and had found provisions more abundant on their side of the river they were in better condition and more fitted to contend with the difficulties of the country than those of mr crooks and when he lost sight of them were pushing onward down the course of the river mr hunt took a night to revolve over his critical situation and to determine what was to be done no time was to be lost he had twenty men and more in his own party to provide for and mr crooks and his men to relieve to linger would be to starve the idea of retracing his steps was intolerable and notwithstanding all the discouraging accounts of the ruggedness of the mountains lower down the river he would have been disposed to attempt them but the depth of the snow with which they were covered deterred him having already experienced the impossibility of forcing his way against such an impediment the only alternative therefore appeared to be return and seek the indian bands scattered along the small rivers above the mountains perhaps from some of these he might procure horses enough to support him until he could reach the columbia for he still cherished the hope of arriving at that river in the course of the winter though he was apprehensive that few of mr crook's party would be sufficiently strong to follow him even in adopting this course he had to make up his mind to the certainty of several days of famine at the outset for it would take that time to reach the last indian lodges from which he had parted and until they should arrive there his people would have nothing to subsist upon but haws and wild berries excepting one miserable horse which was little better than skin and bone after a night of sleepless cogitation mr hunt announced to his men the dreary alternative he had adopted and preparations were made to take mr crooks and leclerc across the river with the remainder of the meat as the other party were to keep up along the opposite bank the skin canoe had unfortunately been lost in the night a raft was constructed therefore after the manner of the natives of bundles of willows but it could not be floated across the impetuous current the men were directed in consequence to keep along the river by themselves while mr crooks and leclerc would proceed with mr hunt they all then took up their retrograde march with drooping spirits 
in a little while it was found that mr crooks and leclerc were so feeble as to walk with difficulty so that mr hunt was obliged to retard his pace that they might keep up with him his men grew impatient at the delay they murmured that they had a long and desolate region to traverse before they could arrive at the point where they might expect to find horses that it was impossible for crooks and leclerc in their feeble condition to get over it that to remain with them would only be to starve in their company they importuned mr hunt therefore to leave these unfortunate men to their fate and think only of the safety of himself and his party finding him not to be moved either by entreaties or their clamours they began to proceed without him singly and in parties among those who thus went off was pierre dorion the interpreter pierre owned the only remaining horse which was now a mere skeleton mr hunt had suggested in their present extremity that it should be killed for food to which the half-breed flatly refused his assent and cudgelling the miserable animal forward pushed on sullenly with the air of a man doggedly determined to quarrel for his right in this way mr hunt saw his men one after another break away until but five remained to bear him company on the following morning another raft was made on which mr crooks and leclerc again attempted to ferry themselves across the river but after repeated trials had to give up in despair this caused additional delay after which they continued to crawl forward at a snail's pace some of the men who had remained with mr hunt now became impatient of these encumbrances and urged him clamorously to push forward crying out that they should all starve the night which succeeded was intensely cold so that one of the men was severely frost-bitten in the course of the night mr crooks was taken ill and in the morning was still more incompetent to travel their situation was now desperate for their stock of provisions was reduced to three beaver skins mr hunt therefore resolved to push on overtake his people and insist upon having the horse of pierre dorion sacrificed for the relief of all hands accordingly he left two of his men to help crooks and leclerc on their way giving them two of the beaver skins for their support the remaining skin he retained as provision for himself and the three other men who struck forward with him End of chapter thirty five